Good evening, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, still in Meadows with the Third Degree Podcast, here again with Ball and Barrel. What a week with college football. Man, what a week. Starting from the backyard brawl on Thursday and all the way just going into when Clemson pretty much just showed us who we thought they were against Georgia Tech. I loved every moment of it. Well, I don't want to say every moment of it. I did not love the LSU ending for obvious reasons, but we don't need to talk about that right now because it's week two. We're on to a whole new week. And speaking of a whole new week, we have a whole new guest on, my good childhood friend, Blaine Feathers. Blaine, why don't you tell the listeners a little about yourself and what you do, buddy? Uh, Hey, guys. uh, I'm Memphis born and bred. I've been in mental health for, I guess, the last 14 years, you know, pretty much the whole spectrum from uh, working on the floor to uh, doing a little bit of a corporate job as well. But sports have basically been the uh, soul of my, my foundation as a child, not only not only there, but, you know, and growing up and in the professional world as well. But it's, it's good, good to be on with you, Dylan. This is this is interesting. Gonna have a good time. We are, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Blaine was one of the very few, uh, few pe- or very first people. I don't want to say few because obviously you already know just the, the guest show anyway. Just, but uh, he's one of the very first people that I reached out to, and we had about a forty-five minute conversation to where I think I even told him I was like, "Man, I really wish I should have hit record about like thirty minutes yeah, ago, gosh. and we could, yeah, exactly. We could have had a whole new, um, a whole pod right that. then and there. Yeah, absolutely. And yep, yep. you know, but so." It's a little bit interesting because I uh, definitely wanted to uh, bring Blaine on just to, um, you know, he's, he, he's, as he was saying, he was been in the mental health institute or mental health business for the last 14 years. And Probably need to be in one. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely need to be in one. So that, that's for sure. I mean, we could be roomies. It'll just be like old times. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, uh, I definitely wanted to bring him on because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, j- just for me personally, I use podcasts as an outlet. Like that's really just where I get my news and pretty much just where I better myself, not just with sports podcasts, but with business podcast, business podcasts, with mental health podcasts, with anxiety podcasts. That's just something that I just kind of deal with a little bit. So I definitely wanted to bring Blaine on here and just pretty much just give him the platform to really just kind of just let every one of you know that it's okay to not be okay and really take your mental health seriously. Abs- so Blaine, absolutely. just take, take it absolutely, away. Man. Man. Like, give give like, us a little like, bit of an <clears throat> Like you said, it, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's one of those things that we all deal with, whether we realize it or not. And it's something that we all should realize, you know, there's always been a stigma sort of around therapy, around mental health in general. And there really still is, but luckily that's something that's coming down and something we really need to accept as just a fact that everyone is dealing with something at any given point. I mean, and I have to tell you guys about all the craziness that's going on in the world right now. It gets hitting pretty, pretty local here in Memphis here recently, but all these things stem from something like whether it is just, you know, people saying, you know, it has no rhyme or reason. There's absolutely something that caused these things to happen. I mean, then whether it be poverty or just someone snapped or whatever, just having a bad day. I mean, like it's something that could have been identified before it had to get to the way it is. And as Dylan was saying, you know, no matter what it is that you use, whether it be, you know, electronic, a physical person or a journal, whatever, you've got to get these things out. I mean, they always use the, uh, the reference of a, of a Coke can, you know, you shake it up and shake it up, it's going to get tight. If you open it, it's going to spew. So you've got to ease that pressure off here and there in order not to make a mess. So, you know, getting off the soapbox, but, you know, God really appreciate that, Dylan. That it, you know, it's really something that's not, uh, you know, nobody wants to talk about it. And I understand that, but we all deal with it. Right. So it's one of those things that is, it's, it's face value and it's going to be no matter what. So. Yeah, that's uh Well, I definitely wanted to have you on to kind of just really just just from a professional standpoint, just to let our listeners know that, you know, whatever you yeah. may be going through, it's 
it's not, you're not alone in this. And, you know, everyone deals with uh, depression. Everyone deals with anxiety. Everyone deals with some type of mental health issue. And it's just in different Mm -hmm. forms and shapes and fashions. And for some people, it's uh, different faces as well. So it just, it's like I said, I definitely wanted to have a professional on to really just kind of let everyone know that like, even if you come here for an outlet, like I guarantee your friends and your family would much rather hear about your problems than attend your funeral. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on a, you know, a sports end of things with that, I watched a great documentary the other day about Doc Ellis. Check that out. I definitely will. Documentary about Doc Ellis. Like it goes into his, you know, his alcohol, drug abuse and everything. And they, you know, everyone knows him as the the pitcher that threw the, threw the no hitter on acid, right? which is incredible in itself. But man, his story is unreal. And yeah, check that out. Check that out. Blaine and I were also in uh, deep conversations when, uh, well, he watched the Monte Teo documentary before I did. And then when I kind of watched into it, uh, we just kind of just started going back and forth because, again, like the mental health part was definitely, yeah, exactly. So, you know, mental health is serious, ladies and gentlemen. Just take, take it very seriously. If you're not okay, it's okay to not be okay. If you're feeling vulnerable, reach out. You have friends, you have family that help you, that love you, that care for you. It's okay. Like it, it's totally and, and okay. They've got, you know, they've got that new nine eight eight hotline now. That's huge. They do. Yeah, it's, it's much so easier to remember huge for mental health. Absolutely. And you know, it's not like a well, you're calling nine one one for an emergency, but you're really going through an emergency. It's just maybe not physically dire at that moment, but yeah, it gives you a little more, a uh, little more specialized point of view. Or even not even a high prioritized emergency, but to you, it's a high right. prioritized emergency. And, and when you and whoever you call, they they feel that sense of urgency with you, like they're right there with yep. you. And that's like yep. you said, that's incredible for mental health. But mm-hmm. we just wanted to take that little time. Let every one of you listeners know it's like if you're dealing with something, please reach out. Please, you know, do whatever you can to get yourself right. We care for you. Mm-hmm. We love you. We want you to keep listening. But on a brighter note. So as I was, yeah. So uh, my friend Blaine's already wearing his Gator shirt. Don't worry, we will definitely get into that later. I even uh, told a few people I was like, "Don't be surprised that if the first thirty minutes of this podcast are just simply just gloating purposes." But we're gonna just yeah. try to keep that. I, to, <laughs> I took I, I took the streamers down that were behind me. I figured oh, you, much, you so. say oh, you, you should have kept them. I mean, again, I, I told you you're gonna be able not, to talk. You talk. Not, you you gonna like, definitely have like, a platform. Like like Napier said. We're not crowning yet. It was a good game. But we got Billy Napier's a vibe, man. He really is. I love him. But I love him. I, uh, Blaine, I saw the ratings today for Ohio State and Notre Dame. 10.75 million people watched that. That is more than wow. this. And keep in mind, that's just television sets that's- and, and – um, yeah, exactly. And so while that, other games are being played. Like, exactly, because uh, the Florida and Utah game was happening right. during that duration as well. And, and like I told you, I was actually watching more of the Florida-Utah game because uh-huh. it was a little more entertaining than the Ohio State-Notre yep. Dame game. And I'm yep. sitting there watching, like when I am flipping back and forth, I'm just sitting there just going like, God, like Notre Dame's just, they're right there with them. Like as far as like from a physical standpoint right. and just as far as like playing with them. Now the fact that Jackson Smith and Jigma gets hurt, you definitely never – want that but you know it is what it is that's why you recruit so well with receivers to whereas uh i believe uh ikumba or akimba what uh number um uh, whoever that was that uh that was pretty much in his replacement and obviously i saw marvin harris jr make some plays down the stretch but man it was just that they were with them up until about 20 seconds left to go in the third quarter and all of a sudden ohio state just started pulling away but I mean, Notre Dame shot, or they didn't really shock me, but they definitely surprised me because I thought they were basically just going to just get bullied over. And, um, yeah, you know, yeah, what, agreed. I mean, I mean that, uh, that's that's pretty cool, though. Like, you know, you're talking about you just go get another receiver. That's why you draft, or that's why you recruit all these receivers. But now, if you need one, you just go to the transfer portal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with a great receiver coach like uh, Brian Hartline, man, he just brings them in. Like, he just knows how to just talk with them, knows how to communicate. And obviously, he has recent – I mean, he just had two receivers go in the first round in last year's draft. It's like, we'll just insert the next first-round receivers back in. Yeah, just come on, just bring them back in. But 
speaking of bringing back in, I've wanted to definitely just kind of just bring back in a little bit of a, pretty much a, just a quick little just like recap of what you thought, not just to mention with Florida and just with their big win, but tell me a little bit about okay. what, what you thought a little bit about uh, not only just the LSU-Florida State game, but also the – Georgia, Oregon, Pittsburgh, West Virginia. Just kind of give me a little bit of your uh, – just a quick yeah. little recap of what you thought with those. Well, I guess we can start Pitt, West Virginia. That Pitt, makes West sense. It was, was the, it was awesome. Straight up barn burner. Yes, that went – I mean, went on and on. I'm, and the crazy thing is I'm still not really sure how good either team is, but you can just tell there's rivalry there. Mm-hmm, for and sure, that's an old that rivalry. <laughs> right, right. Them bringing that rivalry game back, like it meant something. So, I mean, hell, they could both come out this week and play flat, not do anything. But, wow, like, that was a heck of a game to start off. Like, it really really was for the two of them. I think it was um, the first time in 11 years that a rivalry game like that right? happened. And, it, and you're right, it definitely showed. It did. It did. But that, that makes me curious about uh, about the up, their upcoming SEC game. But We'll talk about that one here in a little bit. You know, we'll, say, you, you know thought, we'll definitely talk about that one here. Yeah, I thought um, – I don't know. West Virginia looked good. They really did. But Pitt, Pitt's just – they seem a little more resilient, which which I think will, will help them out this next week. How resilient uh, did Georgia look in that ass whooping? That's what I was about to say. They're just scary, <laughs> man. Like, I was going to talk about them last. Just Good I, Lord. Like, wow. Like, just to beat Oregon down. I mean, like, you know, expect them to win. Expect them to cover. But – Jeez, like Blaine, that little, got out of that got out of hand passion. quick, like really quick, it did. and escalated quickly. <laughs> I, th- I I remember exactly the moment when it really just started to get out of hand. So it was fourteen to nothing Georgia, and Oregon's driving, and they're kind of just getting around midfield, or I think they're even approaching like the forty yard line, and then that's when Bo Nix throws an interception and gives the ball right back, and it's just like, well, hell, that's. That, that, that's the game right there because, I mean, if they score, then which obviously they did, they scored on their first seven drives, which last year with Georgia, yes. that's just like, God, like that's – it was their defense carrying them. But, you know, I, I right. if it wasn't for that little editing mishap I had last week, I would have said – people would have heard me say on last mm-hmm. week's ball and barrel, like, oh, I think the Georgia offense is actually going to carry them more than the defense. And Stetson Bennett goes out and just it blows up mm-hmm. altogether and – you're, bro, like it, it, you're right. It's scary and it's just resilient. God, it, like, it seems unfair he, at this point. Like it almost seems like an he, Alabama. Let's another Alabama in this in the SEC. He's that last piece too, Stetson Bennett. Like you know, last year, like he was kind of having a coming to age, coming of age. Like you know, never never recruited to walk on or whatever. And he was third string. Sudden, yeah, yeah. And but now he knows who he is. And he, that's, he, that's yeah. kind of scary. That's kind of scary because he's, he's really good. He's really good. And we know they're surrounded by nothing but really good players as well. So he, he's got outlets. He's got receivers. He's got running backs. And he's got the time to do it. So, How scary are things hmm. in LSU right now? I don't think they're scary at all. Me neither. I, 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 don't, I don't listen think to so. this crap. I don't. I don't. So. It's one game. It's literally I, I, I one game. That, I think that one was bigger for Norvell than it was bad for you guys. Well, Absolutely. it's well, we may be, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we may be talking a little bit of a cloud of judgment because not only am I an LSU, <laughs> not only am I an LSU fan, we're also both Memphis Tiger fans, so we love Mike Norvell yeah. for what he did with the Tigers. So our judgment may be a little clouded. Just you know, slight disclaimer there. Kind of starting to wonder, you know, if. if Maybe they should just stay at Memphis for a little while. You know, I, it's it's we tough. Talked about they this, jump, yeah. Yeah, that jump is tough, man. But he had Florida State looking good. Like just just to play in a game that back and forth and that close the entire time is exhausting. And to keep your players in it, not only keep their heads in the game, but actually keep them in the game score wise. Pick up a big block at the end, like. And it says a lot for him. Like, it really does. But at the same time, like, I think they were a little better than anybody thought they were, too. I think they were as well, Blaine. Uh, I'm one of those patient LSU fans. I knew that Brian Kelly just coming in, he's definitely going to bring the structure and the accountability. It's just all about who's willing to take in that message and who's willing to go against it. And we've already, unfortunately, seen some – 
not just good players, but some star players already kind of like showing signs of going against it. But we'll kind of just see how that just plays out. Speaking of uh, playing out, your boy, Anthony Richardson, who we could not stop talking about. Just tell me just a little bit right now, because, you know, we're obviously going to discuss Florida down the ways, but just tell me just a little bit of your just initial reaction of just such a huge upset like that. I'll be honest, coming in the season, just like you, unranked, new coach. Let's see what happens. Like, expectations are, you know, genuinely high because we're Florida, we're LSU, we're SEC schools. We're used to them. We're good. And so, you know, then I see the schedule. I'm like, all right. Hell yeah, Napier's got some balls. Like, let's do it. And so, number seven, let's let's get it. And I did not expect that, though. Like, I mean, not only for Utah. I didn't think Utah was that good, to be honest. I thought they were overrated. But for them to come in and play the way they did and to pick us apart at times in the flats was that was that was what bothered me was our, our defense. We got picked apart in the flats, and that's pretty much all they did. And a little worried about Kentucky, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, but man, he's a freak. He is an absolute freak. 168 yards in the air, and then just another 106 running like. And, I mean, you don't even have to talk about the two-point conversion. Like, that thing was just unreal. He's got three people on him. He does two pump fakes and then just throws a dart to the corner of the end zone, just untouched. See, in football, you can actually fake a jump shot and not get and not and not be a foul yeah. like you can fake a jump shot right. and just be and just you know make an amazing play it's funny blaine i was actually going to tell you that uh rob the the host of the pod he was just saying he goes like right before the game kicks off he was like what makes anthony richardson just like so special everyone keeps talking about this 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 is this and I, I i i just said two words i was like speed and potential and then next thing you know like as they're watching the game he takes off with that long run down the way and he's and the very next text message was Okay, I see what you're talking about now. He <laughs> said, so just then, within like, just like you, one play, he's he's making believe. You notice if you notice like little things about him too. Like, yeah, he will he will and can absolutely run the ball, but he will stay in the pocket as long as he possibly can. He had like, to make those is, throws. He's making his reads and then has an absolute hose, man. Like, who he can get the ball downfield. I'm excited about him. Really you should be, man. Him. You really should. You, Napier, Florida, Florida fans, the Swamp, everyone should just be excited about this season because, you know, we talked about how Florida was basically just playing with house money. It's like, all right, well, you schedule mm-hmm. a top 10 team. You're not technically supposed to win this team because, you, know, you know, with all, like mm-hmm. you said, the uncertainty, all the questions, whereas Utah, it's like, all right, well, Utah is a quote-unquote, and I even said last week as well, a legitimate college football playoff contender and pretty much the Pac-12's mm-hmm. last hope to really have some type of relevance, well, then not only does Oregon just get spanked, you know, Utah takes Florida down to the wire and still doesn't come away with the win and, you know, just couldn't stop them towards the end. Florida just made the plays. Mm-hmm. But it's that, that that's what we love about college football. Play. And now that it's actually getting expanded to where more – I mean, and – I mean, I personally think that four SEC teams will get in, three Big Ten, and, like, the the other five, like, people will pretty much just kind of just be scrapping for. But that's just me personally. Absolutely. Of course, now, if you guys would have played in Death Valley, I think that would have been a different game. But it was a quote unquote neutral site, and normally, as I saw from the uh, yeah, the new, it, 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 they, they call it neutral site, but they played in the Superdome in New Orleans, and. Yeah, and the right. the and the record from uh, when LSU does play those games, it was at the well at the time it was fourteen and five. So I'm just sitting here like, well, good guy, we're three, we're almost three times more likely to win a game if we just play in the Superdome. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. And then now it's fourteen and six, and it's just like, all right, well, we're seventy percent more likely to maybe win a game, may instead of for right. sure. Now it's maybe, but. Um, <laughs> That's, yeah, that's nowhere nowhere near the neutral side of like you know Arkansas playing in Jerry World like you know there's a good neutral side. Yeah, or even I, uh, but, Georgia but I mean, playing we, in the the Mercedes Benz Superdome in Atlanta as yeah, well. Like just yeah, like what? Yeah. Or not Superdome, but, but that, that was Dome, whatever. That was a hu- that was a huge part of our game, man. Like I know the players do that shit anyway. Like they're just like ah oh, the fans, the fans. But no, like 
ninety something thousand just shaking the place, and then and then I I loved hearing Napier talk about the team, like talk about the fans. Everybody brought the fans up, but Napier calling his quarterback humble, like that's huge. I mean, that is especially especially in today's game, like it is huge to hear any player be called humble and have some humility. But to have your quote unquote franchise quarterback there. Like that's that's something that's something special for sure. I agree, man. Well, um, Lane, we're just going to get into a little bit of bourbon discussion. I want you to give me right. four of your pretty much either personal favorites bourbons that you're looking for or are hard to find, or just four that you just you know maybe two that you can get easily and two <clears throat> that you're searching for. Whatever you want to do, man. You tell me your four, and I'll give you my four. Man, uh, I mean, I can't really put all the pappies in one, but I'm going to. I'm, we'll we'll I'm just say under like the, the uh, just one umbrella, one name, yeah. But then, you, then you also have the the discounted. Like we can go to the Wellers. I love pretty much all of the Wellers. I've had, I think, every one of them. Other and yeah, yeah, like them all. You can mix a couple of them and make pappy juice. That's that's pretty good. Uh, but. I would have to say my all-time favorite, and this is after traveling the country a great deal the last couple of years, trying a lot, is, uh, oh my goodness, Woodford Brandy Cask. Oh, the Brandy Cask, the, yeah, because it's got a little yeah. bit of that peat smoke and a little bit of that, just oh, that, that smoked Lord. caramel. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It's so good. Like, I, I've never, you know, seen a bottle other than on the internet and in some decently high-end uh establishments but man you guys can never try that one that's that's the one all right give me one more i i you know my my everyday would would be a uh just Good a for regular wood for every every day wood for jack you know buffalo trace I, I kick it around there but not not every day as in every day of the week but you know <laughs> Kind of like the one, like the mid-tier level to where it's like, all right, well, I get off, you know, it's yeah, like, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of just pour yourself one. I'm right there with quit, you, man. Quit, so, drinking Ev- quit, quit drinking Evan Williams a while back. So, you know. Makes sense. So it seems <laughs> though your alcohol knowledge has definitely, um, definitely kicked up a notch, which is great for not only your health, but also oh, yeah. your palate as well. But oh, yeah. me, man, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit of the same how you are. So um, the, the Pappy, um comparison so yeah i'm actually a bigger fan of his grandson and it's actually uh, called william laroe so the william laroe mm-hmm. bourbon is tremendous to me and um <laughs> i had on a uh, lsu uh oh or y- y- i mean y- you know who matt moscona is so i had him on and we were just kind of talking bourbon i was like man i love william laroe he's like i did a blind tasting of william or of pretty much yeah like william laroe the wellers buffalo trace like the b max family and um, he was like, William LaRoe was like my last my, or my least favorite. I'm just like, what? How? He's like, man, different palettes like we just have. But that also it's plays wild. into it. It really is. It yep. is because what I also love the Wellers as well, specifically either the, the Weller 12 or the 107. Those are the ones that are just, I mean, the CYPB is great. And uh, obviously like the foolproof and the single barrel. Have you ever mixed, have you mixed the 12 and the 107? Never mixed them. I'm usually either just like just sipping that neat or maybe just have just the gentleman's cube or with an area. Pretty much all like the bourbons that I list. And uh, pretty much I just kind of either sip neat or pretty much just kind of, I, I try not to like mix, like even like with the, like those two, I try not to mix in it but uh the other two that i'll have are eagle rare and the eh taylor specifically uh-huh. the small batch like though so those that's, are my that's kind of, 17 oh the eagle that's rare, 17, uh, eagle rare. Oh, that's hard to yeah. get man like once you see Absolutely. that it don't matter like once you see that bad uh-huh. boy you just snatch it up just like, buy just, it. yeah <laughs> just exactly buy like just, it. just like even tell <laughs> the person selling it just like make sure this is off the shelf now like yep. i don't need anyone yep. else to see this Yep. Totally you'll never see it on the shelf. You won't. You won't. <laughs> that, that's an email list or that's a VIP list. Yeah, you, you'll yeah, you'll never see it on the shelf. But I'll tell you oh, something man. that you will see on the shelf, and that's a good bit of the uh, the sweet uh, the sweet bud that we uh, that we both love, and pretty much a little bit of that uh, that happy grass that really just keeps Absolutely. us, I guess, 
mellow and a good bit of zen. Uh, me personally, I just like to tell people that I get nervous around large crowds, but then they follow up a question with, aren't you a bartender and a podcaster? So that eventually <laughs> that lie is going to stick with someone who doesn't know me. Eventually, I'm just willing to see. Well, no, that, that was that was just another part of you trying to work on your anxiety. Like it was a coping mechanism was to get a get a bartender job. But I'm so happy that, that this is recorded now because that's from a medical professional. So now I have an actual no, no, diagnosis. No, no, <laughs> no, no you, you, you don't do that. There, there are no letters behind my name. Uh, there, sure. there are no letters. Sure. But sure. Um, my yeah, favorite, huge, huge just little, yeah. What are your, uh, what are your three favorite strains? Man, I'm I'm usually in the in the sativa to hybrid strain of anything. Like, okay. depending on, of course, I I don't really get a lot of edibles or anything. Like, I'm usually just in in the vapor, like the concentrate or you know the flower, or whatever. But right, because I mean, ooh, edibles, edibles always hit different. It's a roller coaster. But, they have three stages. It is. It I'm is. not feeling it anything. Is. I'm not feeling anything, and I need to go to the hospital. Who are Those you? are the three stages <laughs> of an you? edible. <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, man, definitely just any. I don't. I don't guess I have any like particularly favorite strands. Like I'm. I'm All right, so you're just just willing to just take in whatever. I'm just kind of broad, kind of broad on that end. It's, okay. You know, not not whatever. I've kind of you know grown past the grown past the street sort of thing. You know, with the, the fentanyl risk and everything. But uh, yes, sir. Yeah, and it's mm, yeah. Well, I'm sure you've seen a lot of uh, bad bad situations with that as well. Oh man, man, it's wild. But yeah. Just, I'm actually a little uh, bit of the same and a little bit different. So you go with the the hybrids and the sativas. I'm actually more of the hybrids and the indicas. So I'm a little bit uh-huh. more like the whole head, like, you know, let's start thinking and let's start like just putting our little tin full hat on and just start pondering. See, I think, you know, I, what's think going I think too much anyway. So, so do I like, I, oh, and that's another reason, like I'll even tell like, you know, the people close to me that know, I'm just like, yo, I already have an active mind to begin with. So if I just simply just like right. smoke a little bit, it kind of just makes it even more, but it also just kind of like level right. things out. But me personally, man, I, I, I love blue dream ice cream cake, mm-hmm. which is a mix of like the wedding cake and a gelato. Mm-hmm. So it's technically a hybrid, but it's classified as a sativa. And uh, of course, that uh, going back to Honolulu just to get that that Maui Wowie, that Maui Wowie, man. Just even just listening to the Kid Cudi when you smoke, you're just like, man, it's vibe right now. That's just like like just all in the couch, just all in. <laughs> yeah, you sink into the couch. You're just kind of just like, I guess this is where I live now. <laughs> Like this yep. is this is this is who I am. Yep. But um, speaking of where yeah, we live, like, I, oh, go ahead, man. Oh, I was just gonna say I like getting to that point where I have the you know the conscious thought like, you know, we're on a rock spinning in space. And all right, that's enough. <laughs> what galaxy? Are we yeah, exactly. You just be like, I'm yeah, in this right, galaxy right. this time. I'm in this galaxy the next. Like, no, no think, thinking, thinking too much now. Let's uh, let's get up and do something. <laughs> but uh, I, I was just gonna say, uh, just basically when you talk about just uh, where we live, uh, Blaine actually brought up a nice little brainstorm, brainstorm when we were just kind of getting together what we we're gonna talk about. Uh, pretty much actually comparing Memphis and Nashville. So I'll just kind of just give you a little bit of just what I wrote down as far as just my little notes, uh, just pretty much a difference. So I put down uh, not only just uh, with jobs, with like music, healthcare, chefs, entrepreneurial startups. I also put down it's a sports city. You know, now that they have the the Nashville Soccer Club, obviously the Titans, the um, the Sounds. There's, you know, been even talks of this, obviously, upgrading the Titans Stadium so they can post like a national championship or a uh, WrestleMania or like even like a like a um, uh, like a Super Bowl stuff like that, um, and th- like the vibes like Blaine they're incredible. I love telling people in Nashville like very rarely you're gonna meet someone who's actually like born and raised from there. Like it's like mm-hmm. you may meet like 500 people, but like maybe like like maybe five of them are actually like born and raised. Like everyone's from somewhere right. else. 
And like, bro, and, and that kind of brings me to my last point is like, bro, just the culture, like just because you have so many people from so many different places, but they're all just coming to this city that just has a progressive mindset and is under constant development and just constant, just growth. Like I just, I mean, I, I love, I love the city, man. Like I really do. I love having everyone come here because everyone that comes here, they just leave and they think, well, they, they either never leave or they leave and they go back and tell their friends and family like, all right, well, in about three months, I'm moving to Nashville. Like that's just, I mean, that's mostly just how everything just goes. And then they, then they get the question, where are you going to live? I'll yes. Figure that out later. <laughs> we'll figure that out later. We'll definitely figure that out later. But I just know that I'm moving there. I love it, Nashville. I do love Nashville for sure. And it is, you know, probably not a very good time for me to be advocating for Memphis. But man, I love the city. Like it's, it, it's, it's, it's tough because you know we're. I, we're black marked. We, we've always been a, a negative mark in history, you know, since, since MLK and moving past that and past the racism and past all that. But at the same time, if you're actually from Memphis and you know people throughout Memphis, man, it's so close and such a tight knit community. And I mean, it is. don't get me wrong. The things that happen are so absolutely awful and they're just as, awful to anybody else in the community but man when it boils down to i keep i keep seeing things you know since since what happened yesterday on the news uh or on facebook in different places they right. memphis needs bat memphis needs batman i'm like you know that's kind of funny i dig batman and that's pretty awesome but really what memphis needs is for us just to all realize that we're going through the same thing kind of like our mental health talk earlier right. like re- regardless of where you are like we're all together and I don't think it's really pushed that much out there about the city, but man, we've got, we've got a lot of good things going on for this. Like Penny's, Penny's killing it. Penny's killing it. Getting ready for this basketball season. I can't wait. Like that is my Memphis passion is Memphis basketball. And I mean, Ja, we've got John Moran on the Grizzlies. We've got him doing huge things, getting a shoe deal. I mean, that's and in the community as well. Like the fact that he's a community presence is so big for Memphis. But it's, I mean, you and I kind of think a little bit because you actually transitioned my next point as far as just like with Memphis basketball, college and pro. With pro, everything's great right now. They were the number two team last year. Didn't even. John Moran didn't play in 25 games, and they were the number two seed. West did get stronger. Mm-hmm. So did the league in a way. But everyone – I mean, I've seen the ratings for the league. No one really cares about the regular season because there's just 82 games, and everyone kind of really cares about the playoffs. With Memphis basketball, I'm a penny believer, but I also read that he just got that uh, that East High School Championship yes. vacated. Yes, and T-A-S-S-A took that. Yes, they and did, and find, it was find them what fourteen thousand dollars. Yes, like sir, that. they did. It's, I mean, it pretty much the whole just kind of time back in with like the wise men, and pretty much just the uh, let's just call it the player movement in a way, just going from yeah. I believe either Murfreesboro or Nashville to to Memphis, Memphis. and. Yep. And it's terrible, too, Blaine, because, uh, you know, we grew up just, you know, really like honing in on Memphis basketball or really just kind of just college basketball altogether. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been saying for kind of years now that college basketball is only relevant basically three weeks out of the month. And it just happens to be or three three weeks out of the year. And it just happens to be the month of March just because everyone Mm -hmm. is just so fixated with the tournament. You know, it's really hard to get really invested in college basketball because a lot of the star players – they're only going to school for six months. And the really like right. big elite star players, hell, they don't even need to go to school. They can just go overseas, start getting paid, and then just go to the draft and maybe even elevate their draft status. And, you know, so college basketball, it sucks because, again, like what we grew up with and what we saw and what we were just kind of like, especially like when you when you were there, like actually like Shit, a part of man, and like the Rose, run. The other, man, that, ooh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, he was there during fun. the prime D Rose. <laughs> part, like he was there oh, during the prime so D fun. Rose run. Yeah, I can only imagine. That was but, so much fun. Like, But it, we're going to get into the good. real fun, though, and that's talking about these games this weekend, Blaine. We got some – we got some sneaky good matchups that obviously people are kind of just really just talking about the big matchup, which we'll obviously talk about Texas and Bama later. But we're going to talk about some matchups that really not only hit close to home, but also just kind of really just great just for storylines and just pretty much just good little matchups. 
So the first one I want to talk about is South Carolina going to Arkansas. I don't know if you watched a lot of uh, what Arkansas did last week, man, but, bro, the stadium was rocking. Everyone was feeling it. Arkansas fans just came up and were loud and proud. Bro, those playmakers that Arkansas has, not just K.J. Jefferson, but Raheem Sanders and uh, local uh, Murfreesboro boy uh, Trey Knox, who looks like he could be Mm -hmm. a great tight end prospect for the NFL and may play on Sundays. Bro, they were legit. Like legit, right. legit, and the right. defense, like the, the defense, like Bumper Pool, I believe he had like uh, from what I saw, I think he had like almost like ten assisted tackles. So I think he even had. Oh, yep. obviously he had over ten for the day. But um, there, uh, who who was it? No, number f- um, number four or fourteen, uh, Dominic, and then number five, uh, Ball. Their true freshman. They were just mm-hmm. disruptive in the past game. And the LSU transfer, um, Landon Jackson, number 40, he was also big in the defensive line. So, in a way, man, like Arkansas is like playmakers that really stood out to me on offense were great. Their defensive line just kept getting constant pressure. Yes, it was Ben Bryant's first time playing, and it was Cincinnati. But it looked as though Cincinnati was holding their own. You know, pretty much uh, they had some playmakers that were there. It's just from one of the film that I saw, Ben Bryant just missed some plain, simple throws. Like he was basically just going yep. for the touchdown instead of the check down, which could really actually kind of make the score probably even a little bit closer than it was. But man, like um, the one thing that I did see as far as the Arkansas defense, that could be a little bit of an Achilles heel, maybe not this week, but eventually down the road is uh, when they play in a dime defense, which ladies and gentlemen, that basically just means a four down lineman, literally one linebacker in the middle and the rest are DBs. Bumper pool was the was the middle linebacker. And they Blaine, they had him blitzing a lot. Like they had him blitzing up the A gap. So pretty much like that middle of the field, it bro, wide it was open. wide open. Like just a simple running back little uh Texas route or just even a tight end, like mm-hmm. kind of block and seal off, you know, thousand one, thousand two, just simply release. Like Blaine, like that's a simple like six, eight, possibly first down every single time. Every now, time. Yeah, I, I, every I don't, time. I don't think that'll just continue to happen, especially if they just can, if any offensive coordinator just watches that game and just says like, "All right, well, there's a lot of real estate in the middle of the field here. We can just literally just play the dink and dunk game and go on." Hopefully, 10. they were just ex- hopefully they were think- experimenting with their dime package. Yeah. I think so as well, especially when they kind of felt like, you know, all right, well, Ben Bryant like has to throw now. It's a whole other right. deal if, um, if if the defensive coordinator just knows that you have to play this way. That's why it's yep. much easier yep. to just simply just make that team one-dimensional and just kind of fly mm-hmm. around. But something, it makes me kind of wonder. They're going to oh, yeah. hold on to the football. They do. They're going to have to hold on to the football a little better. I mean, other than that, yeah, South Carolina's – I would – probably put them about the same as, as Cincinnati was on level of if we were doing level of, level of play here but uh, I don't know I don't trust Spencer Spencer Rattler thank you Rattler like is gonna, rattled he's, he's rattled choke. Rattler like he yeah. like bro he threw two picks against Georgia State two. like they did not yeah. look good yeah. against Georgia yeah. and I think he got sacked like two or three times like the their offense already is struggling. Blaine, their leading rusher last week was their tight end, and I believe that. Wait, that their tight end. Okay. I'm serious. Like it just like just because <laughs> my, of behind my, my notes. My notes says not much of a rushing attack, and I was like, I don't remember them rushing very much. Not they didn't like the their starting rusher. I think <laughs> had like maybe like 40 yards rushing, and I think I'm even being like polite with that. So their offense was already struggling against Georgia State, and now they're going up against. Sam Pittman's defense, or I'm sorry, Brian Still. Odom's defense within simply just coming through. And that makes me kind of wonder, like, with the the vibe that Sam Pittman's doing, bro, is he, like, is he the new Coach O? Like, just kind of just a, a just a so. regular down-home yeah. boy everyone's loving, just like, I'm going to have me some nice cold old beer I'm, or old cold beer. We're going to turn that damn mm-hmm. jukebox on. We're just going to be Arkansas, baby. Like, I don't know. Yeah, we're Pitt. Man, I'm I, I'm, fe- I'm feeling Arkansas right now. I'm definitely taking this yeah. week, and I'm assuming you are oh, as well. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. I, I do think South Carolina will continue to get a punt block. I, I love Shane Beamer. I think he's just in a terrible situation. Him and Spencer Rattler just go back with each other from Oklahoma. I think Shane Beamer just realized he didn't have a quarterback. It's like, hey, just come over here. It's not Link. It's not Norman, Oklahoma. It's not Lincoln Riley. Right. 
Like right. they're just better vibes over here. But speaking of better yeah. vibes, let's talk about this these Vols heading to Pittsburgh. So we already saw how Pittsburgh was within like the um, the backyard brawl, pretty much just coming out. Their front seven dominating. Yeah, it was West Virginia's bad offensive line, but they still dominated, still got after. I believe they had five sacks. But man, Blaine, as a Florida fan, you got to at least just say, just like Tennessee looked good, man. Like Hendon Hooker looked good. They, you could blink and they could like run three plays. Like it was like right after, like it reminded me of like when Chip Kelly was uh, with the Eagles and even when he was um, with Oregon, it's just like, all right, fast. Like every play, like every six or seven seconds, we're running the play. Like everything. Like here we go, here we go, here we go. If you've got the depth, if you've got the depth for that for a whole season, man, that's, ooh, that's tough. That's so, really speaking of that depth, I wrote down, Blaine, six people had at least 10 rushing yards and four receivers and four pass catchers, including Brew, um, Brew McCoy, the one that they've definitely been waiting on. They all had at least three receptions and 40, 40 yards. So, just that depth and that just offensive which, production with multiple people, bro, that's going to be tough. And Josh Heupel has that team which, rolling which of right course, now. That's, that's how you should do against Ball State. I mean <laughs> – Everyone, it's, it's it, everything, everything, everything's an experiment with Ball State. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a much, much bigger adversary this week for sure. A much different front yeah. seven that they faced. I think that's going to be the big part of this one is that front seven. But I think I so too. Hold them. I, I still think I mean, Tennessee is going to take it easy. I mean, what, two touchdowns maybe? Two and a I, half? I, they're no problem. I just see Hendon Hooker like playing much better. For I mean, Keaton Slovis looked pretty like he started slow last week, but he eventually got it going. Right. The defense kind of helped Pitt, you know, eventually start to get it going. But man, like Blaine, I just think that Hendon Hooker is just a better quarterback prospect than Keaton Slovis, and I just think that it'll just be another time for not only just for Tennessee and Hendon Hooker, but for Josh Heupel and the administration to kind of have a nice little possible undefeated matchup with Florida coming up at the end of the month yep. if they can swing it. Yep. Yeah. Man, man, but uh, all right. So speaking of swinging, all right, we are here with Kentucky playing against Florida. We're here, as we said, we were going to be. Blaine, talk your talk. You won't back down. I know Tom Petty said it best. You won't do it. So <laughs> talk your talk. They're, they're Let me right. hear it. Absolutely, absolutely, be no backing down for sure. But uh. I mean, like I said, after that, that Napier press conference after the game, that really got that, – that was promising for, for the future. However, Kentucky last year was a heartbreaker. And, you know, we got a very similar team that we did last year. We have a different mm-hmm. coach. We have a very similar team. And they're, they're looking good. They're, I mean, they're, they're, that Miami game, I, I caught a little bit of the – you know, a little bit of the highlights and everything. And, I mean, Will Levis is – he's no joke. He is no joke. And as long as, as long as we can we can get those flats covered because he loves them, he really does love work. I wrote that down as well. Out. And I mean, I, what is the? I think the spreads what like us minus five or something or us minus six. But I don't, I don't know. I'm, I think we're gonna beat them absolutely. But I think it's gonna be a much closer game than. I would like to say we'd beat them by two touchdowns, but I don't. I don't truly believe that. I'm gonna say one. I'm gonna say a t- touchdown. Okay. Well, I mean, I have y'all winning hard, this a as hard, well. Hard fought Kentucky game. Well, yeah. I, I actually, Blaine, I actually think this could possibly get ugly, kind of quick. So, Florida allowed 230 yards rushing last week, and but that's against Utah. You know, definitely like a ground and pound, not really so much. Now, mm-hmm. Kentucky is a totally different beast. They only had 50 yards rushing last week. So, yeah. I kind of see this as like, all right, well, if Anthony Richardson and if you know, even if just like you're a, a Travis Etienne's brother, uh, Trevor, if they can kind of at least just control the clock – go on like yep. eight to 10, maybe even 12 play drives and literally put all the pressure on Will Levis to simply just make play after play after play after play, then that's just going to suffocate. And it's going to turn into a one-dimension offense like really, really quick, especially if they weren't already running the ball against M- Miami, Ohio. 
and you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be even more difficult to run it on an SEC team. So I think this could be a oh, yeah. ground and pound that could get ugly pretty quickly. So, yeah, taking Florida I with the so. points, again, won't back down. No one will. It, ladies and gentlemen, it's another Saturday night in the swamp. And we saw last week Sell how entertaining. Sold out. <laughs> that last week they broke the record. What would you say, 90,000 last week? I think it could, they could probably yeah, 90 even, uh, some odd thousand. And that's not even including was, the people that are out in the stadium just sitting there just waiting for the fireworks right. either. Like that's right. that Blaine, that's so that's so great for y'all's program, especially where it was, where things kind of got a little weird with Dan Mullen, especially towards the end. But again, Billy mm-hmm. Napier's a vibe. Yeah, he says scare money don't make no money. And man, he's he's backing nope. it up already, and it's incredible. And unfortunately, that reminds me of that of Coach O. I, I, I love that quote. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> what door you want me to go what, out of? What door you want me? What door you want me to go out of? I mean, hey, Blaine, if someone gave you seventeen point one million dollars, oh man, like man. shit. Let me let me carry a towel and like wipe after my feet after I leave your house here. I will need yeah, just whatever oh, I need yeah. to do. Just show me where to go. But I'm gonna tell you where we're gonna go as far as just like one of the few final talking points. We have to talk about this. Even though everyone else is talking about it, we wouldn't be a credible podcast or a credible brand if we didn't talk about it. We have to talk about Alabama going to Texas. Now, I'll just simply say this, and I'll let you just kind of finish with however you want. I think that since they're going to be in Texas, Blaine, it's going to be 100,000 people that are there. It's the second week. It's Sark going up against Saban. There's optimism still because they got their win. They feel as though they can at least compete. Again, it's early September. Everyone has just the optimism. Yes, hook them as much as they possibly can. Texas football is completely different. Everyone knows this. I I like Sark, especially his comeback story. You know, pretty much all the personal issues that he went with at uh, USC and the redemption story a little bit with Washington until eventually the – coordinator with the Falcons. Now he's the head coach with the, um, with the Texas Longhorns. Obviously everyone knows him, his little stint with Alabama. So I'm a Sark believer, especially with the comeback story of mm-hmm. where he's gotten. And Blaine, I believe that just because he has Arch Manning as a commit, that's specifically <laughs> is going to, I mean, hear me out, man. This is just from an front no, office standpoint. Absolutely. Like this is, that's going to buy him time. That is, a, that is, a, that is going to buy him Time and that's going to be a phenomenal selling point to absolutely everyone that comes in contest or even associates with the Texas brand. Don't worry, doesn't matter what happens now. Arch is coming. Like that's literally like they they might as well just put that on on the um, DKR like billboards. They might as well put a big old yep. countdown. Yep. Just be like the countdown yep. till Arch comes here. So that alone is yep. going to buy him time. I think this is going to be a blowout. And when I say blowout, I have this as a 51 to, to like 28 type score. I think Bryce Young comes up really big. He not only uh, rushes for more than um, 75 yards, but I also think he throws for over 300. I think that Will Anderson is a, is a beast on the disruptor as far as the defense. I believe he takes down Quinn and Ewers twice. Yes, twice. And I think once it's out of hand, Quinn and won't. Quinn and Ewers, the quarterback from Texas, won't want to come out. He'll want to stay in, take the beating, pump up the stats maybe. So, But in order for him to at least keep a competitive lane, like Quinn and Ewers is probably going to have the best game of his life, like literally the best game of his entire life. What do you think? And it, and it probably wouldn't matter. Like I, 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 think Austin, <laughs> I, I, I think Austin is going to be absolutely jumping the beginning of the game, like, you know, run out to all this like it is going to be loud it's going to texas is going to be all into it and then it's going to get ugly quick i'm, I'm right there with you like I, i'm thinking 42 10 but oh i just i i yeah i don't i don't i don't know like yeah i think if he has the best game of his life he might can put up 21 but i don't know man I, I was. I guess I should say a disclaimer that twenty eight. I guess like I guess I would say like twenty one of those points are garbage time. I guess that's a better way of me true, explaining true. it. True. No. Yeah. Not definitely. But then, yeah. No. No. I'm looking at the love. Not touching it. I mean, Cause, as, as, cause, I, no. Because I, I think I, I really think Saban. You know, especially when he plays his uh, his Pavlons, 
he usually doesn't hold back. No, and that's why that was kind of why I went with the ten. Like I, I you know, like we're gonna put it on you. We need we need some more experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, saving. You need to be reminded who Daddy is. Like, don't ever forget yeah, who Daddy right, is. Right. Never forget right. who Daddy is. Right. And, and you know, if you get fired from here and need to come back for you know an assistant OC job, I got you. Come on. We got you. Yeah, <laughs> we we have tons of analysts yeah, here that. Get head yep. coaching jobs and never even have to touch an yep. OC or a DC position. Like you can be an analyst yep. and go straight from analyst to head coach, just because you're in the Nick Saban coaching rehab, as people like to joke mm-hmm. about. But um, perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Blaine, last thing, and I'll get you out of here. Appreciate you taking the time. Right now, September eighth. Give me a Heisman winner and a national championship winner. Blaine Feathers, go. Before that, check out Jackson State University. They're killing it. Uh, also, I'm taking Vandy over Wake. And uh, national champion right now, Florida's my sleeper. Absolutely, because they have to be. But Georgia's too damn scary. Uh, Heisman, Anthony Richardson, the foundation for the Gator Nation. So you're seeing him to have a big, big season. Absolutely, absolutely. Whether we, whether we go all the way or not, I think he's going to have a big season. All right, short, man. Short, I love short, it. Short of, short of injury. Short of injury. But, well, we never want to wish injury on anyone, and obviously that's, mm-hmm. that's just it – just, it, it's also a sport that it's 100% injury rate. So it's it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. even the it's dog whimpers on that one. Yeah, the dogs don't even want any kind yeah. of injury to happen. I, I feel you, bubs. Yeah. No one wants that to happen. <laughs> well, Blaine, man, this has been fun. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've definitely enjoyed catching up pleasure. with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners uh, where they can find you on social media, maybe even give you um, like a shout-out of like a, a different podcast or a different platform as far as mental health that they can go to. Why don't you kind of just uh, dig into that a little bit before we get out of here? Man, uh, mostly find me just on Facebook at Blaine Feathers. Uh, i really, really not into all that many mental health podcasts. I know there's got to be tons, got to be tons, but like I said earlier, just talk to somebody, just – I hear you. Keep that in mind. When keep that in mind when you're losing your goal that this other person is going through something else too. And uh, yeah, man, uh, go Gator, go Gator. I was, that's what I was gonna say, man. So we end each podcast with a little. Oh yeah, you of course you know. So yeah, go get. Oh, so I guess my go Tigers, ladies oh, and gentlemen. I'm thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being with us. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your family. We are out of here.